It is the children, 12 minutes after nine. And talking about your hair, my hair, our hair, what we do with our hair, how we like uh, to carry our hair. And you know, your hair is like your crown. It depends how you carry it, how you want to do it. It's not someone, you know, coming to depict or tell you how to do it. But anyway, uh, we are going to have a conversation around it uh, simply because just a, a, a few days ago, uh, there was a student that was assaulted for um, having a particular hairstyle and uh, this caused a lot of uproar and a conversation around hair and for me it, it it just makes me wonder are we really still there where we are having a conversation about hair okay understandably so um in a, in a corporal environment, maybe let me not say corporal, in a specific environment, let's say, for instance, you're about to join the army. Maybe there could be rules and regulations. Or when you're about to join a particular school, maybe there could be rules and regulations. And maybe the regulations stipulate that every child. But it has to be very fair across the board. When you come to school, uh, we are all going to have a cheese cop. So if we're all going to have a cheese cop, that's understandable. But it then becomes very difficult to say some kids come uh, with your hair in a ponytail. Our African curly hair to put a ponytail is a bit of a challenge. And to maintain our hair is a little bit of a challenge. But that's just me sharing my views. Um, online, I do have our guest, that's uh, Zulaika Patel. I don't remember, I don't think, I don't know whether you still remember um, some years back, uh, there was a similar incident way back in 2016 where uh, Zulaika Patel at Pretoria High School for Girls went through a similar situation where they were forced to uh, chemically straighten their hair and not have afros that were deemed untidy have we not resolved that issue and what has triggered the conversation a 13 year old pupil has been barred from attending classes at crowthorn christian academy because her dreadlocks violated the school's new hair policy and the pupil could not attend school on monday and tuesday this week after she was forcefully removed from her classroom it's a wow moment for me but anyway, let me welcome my guest and our lines are also open. If you'd like to share your views, uh, send your voice notes on 0614104107. Zuleika, good to have you on the Chill Zone. Thank you so much for having me. For having me. Good evening to you. So you are a South African anti-racism activist and you went through something similar 2016. Little did we know that we'll still be talking about it in 2023. Um, I wouldn't say in the school that we know that um, we thought that we would still be talking about it in 2023. See, these aren't isolated incidents, right? They're not incidents that are isolated from one another. They're incidents that are clustered together under one system of institutionalized racism, stemming from the fact that the remnants of the apartheid system still exist in our society today, and racism was not buried in 1994. And as much as we've spoken up and we've made taken certain steps forward, but we've not completely annihilated the system of institutionalized racism in our country, and we don't have accountability systems. And the 
failure of accountability systems existing in this country allows for incidents to continuously repeat themselves. So I wouldn't say that um, I didn't think that it was not going to happen again. Um, it was bound to happen again. And I don't mean this in a bad way, but it was bound to happen again for as long as we don't have an accountability system that exists in form of possibly a document or form of legislation that exists to protect African hair, to protect African identity, a universal document of legislation that should exist to ensure that every single institution that wants to operate in this country operates in line with that and is accountable to that. So without that existing, it allows for incidents to repeat themselves. And these incidents aren't isolated. They're clustered together under institutionalized racism. Mm. So explain, you know, so that, you know, we, we kind of like understand a lot of us, you know, left school uh, quite quite some years back. And during my, my era, what used to happen is, um, especially in high school, uh, the school that I went to, we were not allowed to have braids uh, because they said braids mm-hmm. will distract us from, you know, paying attention in class because then you start thinking, you know, you are an adult and, and a whole lot more. So we were expected to come with a particular hairstyle, but Afro was not an issue. You could come to school in a nice, tidy Afro as long as you comb it out and, you know, it just looks neat. But for then to say straighten your hair, I don't know in your ear. Explain for me what what was it? What was it for you for for you for your time? And what were you? What was the expectation? I think that um, even the way you're explaining your era, that there was because um, I'm picking up that you're saying that you in your area you would be allowed to wear your hair in an afro, but yep. then the language used would be keep it neat, comb it. What are the connotations of that type of language being used? And where does, when we say the box of neatness, is neatness just a prettier term for um, racism or racist ideology just covered up in a bow, right? So I wouldn't say they're very separate. I would just say one's perhaps more discreet than the other. And coming into my era, um, me going to the institution I went to, um, which was Pretoria Girls High, um, what I picked up was that just itself, just like many other institutions in this country, which are former white only, former segregated schools, which opened up their doors post-94 or in the early 90s, late 80s, to pupils of all races, but these are former segregated schools which were built on the basis of exclusion. Culture upholds institutions. That's how con- institutions are upheld. Culture, policies, um, the way people are socialized to think and behave in those institutions. And when you step, step into those institutions, what happened to me in my era was you would be expected to assimilate to whiteness. You would be expected to leave every single thing that represents your identity at home before you enter into the institution. And this was because this heavy culture of whiteness existed in every part of the institution. And so the forceful demand to straighten hair or else you would be barred from writing exams came from the fact that it was literally, we felt like we were at, we were in an institution where we were at war with our identity, mm. you know, um, to forcefully make us assimilate to whiteness, make our appearance look less African. And 
I don't think um, that our areas are very different. Perhaps one is more discreet than the other. Absolutely. It's 20 minutes after nine and I'm speaking to Zuleika Patel, a South African anti-racism activist and our conversation triggered by, um, triggered by what uh, transpired where a 13-year-old pupil was barred from attending classes be- at uh, a Crowthorn Christian Academy because of the hair situation. When we get back, we continue with the conversation, but also a line of conversation is opened. Uh, you can share your views. Maybe you're a parent, you have a child and you've had you've experienced difficulties or maybe you are actually experiencing that hair issue wherever you are at school right now share with us 0614104107 the chill zone with bertha charuma and I'm speaking to Zuleika Patel, a South African anti-racism activist, and we are talking about uh, the rules and regulations uh, that are being applied in schools in terms of what is considered to be decent when it comes to hair. But then the big question is how then do we have a standard understanding of what is decent because our hair textures, our we're just different like that. We're very, very different. And it's very difficult then to say, this is fair, this is generic, and one size fits all. It cannot be one size fits all. But anyway, we're having this conversation wherever you are. Maybe you'd like to share your views. Um, give us a call on 0614104107. But um, in the meantime, I'm talking to uh, Zuleika Patel. Welcome back, Zuleika. So, from where you are, and I mean, it's been seven years. Yes. What would be a an ideal expectation to say, okay, this particular rule can apply? Mm-hmm. Because I think in 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 every it's like it's like even in an institution in a job setting there are specific rules and reg- regulations. I know when it, when it comes to hair, like I said. It's not one size fits all. You 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 know it's, it becomes very difficult. Mm. Um, I I wouldn't say an expectation. I don't like to have expectations, but a practical solution would be firstly there needs to be some form of legislation that exists to protect African hair, because we can't continue to have incidents like this, and there isn't something that institutions must account to, and remain in line with even when they draw up their policies around appearance there needs to be something that they're in line with and they're accountable to we've seen similar work being done in the states with the crown act um the crown act which is an act to ensure that um a to ensure that um safe safe and inclusive environments are created for natural hair to be respected and um, I think that that needs to begin to happen in a country like ours, given the very recent history that we have, right? Mm-hmm. So that would be my first practical solution. My second practical solution would be that there isn't one size fits all, unfortunately. You can't have, perhaps, let's say, a universal hair policy in an institution and say everyone should tie, I'll take girls as an example, should tie their hair at the nape of their neck. That is impractical when you have an afro. You can't do that, right? Mm. Um, But I think that for starters, to begin with, hair policies, when those are being drawn up for schools, I think they should remain very basic, concise, and um, 
inclusive and not derogatory rights to African pupils. And when I say this, I mean keeping very concise and practical in terms of certain clauses like um, hair dyeing isn't allowed, you know, braids with um, hairpiece, which is different colors, like colors outside of normal colors, like black and brown, like maybe let's say green and pink, Mm. that isn't allowed. That's normal and straightforward and it's something that can accommodate everyone, you know, and using certain language, which is also not aggressive, derogatory, and um, also racist, like certain terms like neatness, what what informs neatness, what creates neatness. Certain language also needs to change when we draw up policies because language is very important, um, especially the kind of language we use to talk about natural hair. So even the language in terms of how we refer to natural hair in these policies needs to change as well. Absolutely true. Well, uh, Zuleika, it's it's been interesting to have this conversation. Let's hope that, you know, um, something will happen and we will all have some form of an understanding in terms of what is considered to be tidy, whatever it is, what whatever definition tidy means, because really then it goes back to what is the definition. And that definition is very secure. Or should I say murky? Because honestly, I don't, I don't understand. I don't grasp, you know, tidy when it comes to black hair, because it is what it is. Yeah. Some people have silky hair. Some people have crinkly hair. Like I know that I have. Who mine is like a proper bun to crinkly, and no chemical, and I will not change it for anything. I love it the well, way it is. Also, we need to shift away from also thinking that this is merely a hair issue. Hair is a symptom of a greater diagnosis. It's not a hair issue. It's never just been about hair. Hair is one symptom of it. There's an issue of racism. There's an issue of um, power as well, you know. And certain individuals thinking that they have power um, because of how where we come from historically and thinking that they have power and we need to shift away from making this a hair issue because hair is just one symptom of the problem Mm. right that learner was assaulted because this white person thinks that they have power to do so right because of their societal position because of history um and many other factors so i think that also we need to begin to, what's going to help us have better um, strides of progress is also moving away from creating um, discussion centered around hair only. Because it's not just about hair. This is racism. This is a greater system of oppression. It's not just hair only. Absolutely. South African anti-racism activist, that's Zuleika Patel chatting to us tonight on The Children. Thank you so much, Zuleika. Have yourself a great weekend ahead. You too. Thank you. Thank you. And bye for now.